0: Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for, to answer your questions as your dental business mentor. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Dental Business Mentors. And we are here, Dr. Paul Edgison and Dr. Justin Buller, And we're talking about answering your questions in 12 minutes or less. And yeah, what do we got today, Mr. Justin Bullar?
1: So the hygiene dilemma, we love our hygienists. We want to compensate them, love them fairly and equitably. They're a crucial part of the practice and an integral part of the team. But the wages for hygiene and team members are going up. In particular, this question is about hygiene. So... Hygiene wages going up and reimbursements not. So is that a profit drain? And what are we going to do about this?
0: I think the major theme is times are a changing, as my grandfather would say. It's The thing with hygiene is we look at it and we've always been taught in these practice management things that they're supposed to make 3x their wage. And I think that's kind of been slightly unrealistic for a long time. I think we used to be able to get close to that. I've never personally seen it. I've been close. But it's just when you're in PPO environment, you're kind of restricted by the fees that they give you. And there's not much you can do about it other than change your participation, possibly negotiate some contracts. But you can only do so much. I think a more realistic thing right now is I'm shooting for 2x their wage. I gonna say 2x to 3. I would say maybe land somewhere in between there. What's happening is that reimbursements aren't increasing, and I don't think the insurance companies are going to change anything. I really don't. I think we're seeing market forces work right now. There's a shortage of hygienists, so there's a demand. Offices with no hygienists are willing to pay a lot to have one because they need one so badly. And I think that's just as how it's going to be for a while. I don't see any evidence that they're graduating more hygienists. I would have to think more people will look at these wages and say, damn, I could clean teeth for that. And they're going to start going to hygiene school, but who knows? I mean, that's going to take at least two, three years for those people to go through, and we don't know what's going to happen. So it's—I think for what I did at my practice, there's two things: we changed our participation; we've dropped Delta. That was our lowest-paying fee schedule. I know that's not an option for everybody, or maybe it is. I'm not here to champion going out of network like that's. I'm. I'm not pumping my tires, as Justin would say. <laughs> We've decided that we needed to add more things to it. So we really looked at, let's focus on our adult fluoride numbers. Let's focus on checking the sealants on every kid. Because you'll see a kid, they might have a, we got to call and see what the sealant history is. Because we can repair it and replace some sealants if they need it. You might have an upper first molar and that distal groove unsealed, but the mesial area is sealed. Like put a sealant in the distal groove, it'll get paid for it. And then we added lasers. That's something that we employed about a year ago. I did some online training that my team did. It was all online. We bought a laser for every room. We're charging $60 every time we use it. And I would say every hygienist is using it probably two times a day, at least on two patients a day, they're paying $60 for that. As far as I'm concerned, there's another $120 of revenue per hygienist per day. Is that a ton for a seven hour day? It's not a lot, but it makes a little bit of difference. It pays a few hours or the wages. So that's my solution is that selling more things and I don't ever want to create this environment in my practice where it's like commission based, but selling more things. And then also just looking at, can I grow my practice to a point where there's less openings? I think we lose a lot of people to missed and cancel appointments that we could really save. And that starts by the communication, the vibe of the office, the way the hygienist talks to the patient six months before they come in and just like growing your practice to a size where you're not paying somebody to sit there because I don't like the idea of sending hygienists home when there's not patients. I feel like that's a crappy way to do it. My wife was a hygienist and she worked for someone that did that. And when you're counting on that income, you need to work. So you need to keep them there you find something for them to do. But as far as the wages go, what is the solution? I mean, in Illinois, we can have assistants now scaling teeth, anyone under 18, which is kind of cool. We've been using that, but it's, I don't know. I'm hoping you've got a more exciting answer and more hopeful answer than I do. That's all I got. What do you think, Justin? What are you seeing by you?
1: You've touched on all the right things, right, Paul? Like one of the things is there's factors in our control and factors out of our control, right? There's just things that we cannot change. One thing we cannot change is the rate at which folks join this profession to become hygienists. We cannot immediately change that. That's going to be a trickle effect over time. If we take a look... Just recently, I read this, I can't remember the source, but in any case, somewhere around, I think 15,000 hygienists had left the profession and only about 7,800 approximately had joined during a certain time frame. which means that we're losing twice the hygienists, the attrition rates twice the rate of those coming in. That's a problem, right? I'm not even very good at math. And to me, that sounds like an issue, right? If you're losing two times what you're bringing in, that's going to create a bit of an issue in terms of recruitment. Well,
0: you know what we should do that just thought about, remember like when like the dairy farmers all got together and they're like, let's get to make a thing and let's make public service ads about milk and cheese. And maybe we need to do that as dentists." Yeah. Like, do you want a nice profession <laughs> where you're appreciated <laughs> for your skills and you can be a medical professional and make like the stuff they advertise in the daytime talk shows, you know? Join me, listeners. We're going to get this done. We're going to make public service ads to get people in hygiene. I I agree. Do you want to be loved by your boss? Don't ask a real hygienist about it. Just take my word for it. They love their bosses. Hey everyone, I just wanted to share a recent success story I just heard about. Six months ago, Dr. Dushad Patel of Sumner Dental Group in Tennessee reached out to Relevance Marketing because he wasn't receiving a whole lot of traffic from his website or anything online. Relevance expanded the online presence by listing the dental office in all of the online directories with consistent information, which is super important, fixing any errors, along with redesigning his website using content that Google upranks, all the while keeping aesthetics and search keywords in mind. They then began to publish blogs and information relevant to dentistry using the search keywords for their area. Now, in just a few months, Sumner Dental was in position number 1 or number 2 on the Google map pack and organic listings for almost every single dental keyword. They saw an 88.9% increase in phone calls as well as a 115% increase in interactions with their Google business profile. Now, If you think having your phone ring almost twice as often with new patients could really change your practice, well, you're right. If you're looking for a transparent, no contracts, no BS, and results-driven online marketing program, look no further than relevanceonlinemarketing.com. It's who I've been using for almost five years. Can't say enough good things about them. Hey, mention the Dental Practice Heroes podcast and you'll get your first month free. Go to relevanceonlinemarketing.com to schedule your free demo today. That's www.relevanceonlinemarketing.com. Come.
1: It's going to come down to a couple of things. Cause two things that hygienists do have is one, they get to help people. Right. And All then yeah. the second thing is they make check. a good living. And so they're compensated well for Double it. So check. most of these programs are two to four years. If you take a look at other two to four year programs, like you have your engineering degrees, pharmacy, you got accounting, et cetera, et cetera, lawyers. The reality is that a lot of these people spend a lot more going to school to yield a income. That's actually less than what some of our hygienists are making. So what does a hygienist come out
0: of school? Like what does the school loan on hygiene? Like 20,000? It depends.
1: 30? It varies. They have these like private institutions that are higher. It's all over the map. I can't give you a specific number, but I don't think it's approximately loud. 20 to 50 K is what I've been hearing from folks, depending mm-hmm. on and the then way you way. make a hundred K your first year out.
0: Almost. Yeah. You can make a hundred K
1: right. And likely more over the two year period. And so I think that's really important. And then also you have the ability to work with other people, It's an environment where everyone, if you're a part of a great culture, part of a great business, it's just a rewarding career overall, I would say. Now, my point is that if we're losing a bunch of folks, we need to bring a bunch of people back in. Like you said, we have to advocate for that, right? Like, it's the only way to do it. I'm not going to get into the politics of it. I just want to focus on the wage piece and how we can deal with what we have in front of us today, right? That's all trickle effect stuff that will happen over time. If everyone collaborates there, the other piece is, well, right now I can't get a hygienist. And if I do have one, the wage expectation is very high. Paul, you alluded to certain numbers. Now I'm going to get into that in a moment, but the main thing to take home here is I would rather have a hygienist there than not. OK, so yeah, me too. Totally. I would rather pay them more to be there, even though I know that technically from a hygiene profitability standpoint, it's not very good and it's unprofitable and maybe a loss leader to some extent. The reality is, though, your diagnostic opportunities come from that chair. Right. So true, absolutely new patient flow as well. But at the same time, what are you going to do? you got to adapt to market conditions. You're going to have to make sure your hygienist compensated what market value is or market rate is. And then also tier that so that it compensates for its levels of experience, right? So what we've had to do is we've had to bring up our market rate and every market's different, right? In some markets that might be 40, 45 and others might be 50 and others might be 60 base, right? Depends on where you are, but whatever that market rate is, whatever you're going to have to do that in order to solve your recruitment problem, right? And then of course, retention, the grass is always greener on the other side if someone can pay somebody $5 more. So you're going to have to get there in order to retain because you could be great, but at the end of the day, people have bills to pay and it is very enticing to go get a raise somewhere else in particular, if you're doing the same job, it's a similar environment, it's a dental practice at the end of the day. So I think that's important. In terms of the wages, there used to be this number where we'd say three times their base rate. If they can produce that, then there's profit there. Now. There's two ways to look at this. If you're going to do the three times base rate, it has to be three times base plus the hourly benefit. That should be included. It's not just base wage. The way we've decided to do it is three and a half times base rate, which then encompasses the benefits as well. So we use a three and a half times multiplier. How many people are actually going to hit that? Maybe half. So the majority don't, which means that there is no profit in that center. So we pay it anyway because that's the market rate and that's what folks deserve. So we're going to give them that because we appreciate the work that they're doing and we appreciate the fact that there's diagnostic opportunities available. The second part of this is you can get creative with this. For example, you can do an assisted hygiene approach where in those assisted hygiene approaches, a single hygienist may not be able to hit that three and a half times, but in an assisted approach, they may be able to do that. Now the argument is, but then you got to subtract the assisted wage, da, 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 da. Sure you do. But if you're getting twice the diagnostic opportunities, I would just take it and consider that assistant wage or whatever that may be. That's not something that you're going to be able to remove from or tie to the hygienist's performance. Like You can't remove that and expect them to be incentivized to do more. And I'll explain what I mean by this. So if you take three and a half times the wage and you pay them 12 to 25% above whatever they do above that, there's a win-win in that system. Let me give you an example. Let's say a hygienist is making 56 bucks an hour. You times that by 3.5, that is 190. is a Canadian number? No, this is a US number, Washington State. Oh, shit. This is our practices in Washington. That's 196, 56, 3.5, 196. Anything above 196 per hour, they can be paid between 12 to 25% of that benefit. So let's say they did 220 an hour minus 196, that's 24 bucks times 25%. That's an effective rate of $6 an hour bonus there, right? So there's an incentive you can create. I'm not suggesting you do exactly that, but that is a way for you to incentivize higher levels of performance, doing laser, doing other adjunct procedures, right? And encourage folks to go to an assisted or team hygiene approach. Because now you're leveraging one team member to create two times the output, right? And I think that's a really important piece there over the long term. So, number one, you must adjust to market rate. There's just no way around that. You're going to have to do that, right? Two, you want to retain hygienists because they see all your recare patients, they're the ones who spend the most time with your patients. And a big part of customer service is. Having someone there that actually wants to be there and feels fairly and equitably compensated, so take care of them, and stop looking in the rearview mirror and thinking about the good old days and the way things used to be. And you can't; that's not going to serve you at all, man. You got to move Kids forward these days. <laughs> you got to move forward, and. The rear view mirror mentality, it doesn't really serve anybody and it weighs on you psychologically. And then you feel like you're trapped and there's nothing that can be done. Well, there is something that can be done. You can treat the team very well. You can come up to market rate and then you can come up with creative solutions like the one we just showed you three and a half times with an assisted hygiene approach and try to just create more volume because volume of activity increases the amount of diagnostic opportunities you have. And if you're dialed into the communication piece and the relationship piece and you comprehensively diagnose and then convert, well, your practice is going to grow. How are you going to create more profit in your practice? Because profit's how you pay your bills. Profit's how you invest in your team. Profit is how you ultimately create value in your business. How are you going to do that? Well, you got to stop thinking about the wage piece because that's not going to contract. You have to think about it from the perspective of, I can't reduce the floor, but what I can do is raise the roof so I can increase revenue. And by increasing revenue, in turn, I can grow my business and create more profitability. That to me is the solution here. That's it. That's all I went over as usual, but I get passionate about these things, Paul. I get passionate, brother. Yeah,
0: you did get passionate there. I saw passionate. it. I saw it in your face. Man, I got a little liquid <laughs> over here. We just talked about investments and now we're talking about this. This is going to be liquid too. Shit. Okay. All right. Well, everyone, dentalbusinessmentor.com, $179 a month. Go month to month. It's good stuff. It's more of me and Justin. Don't you want more? You know you need it. Go to the website and sign up. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you next time.